to this episode of Becoming an Artist. In this one I'm going to be speaking to the artist Elis about how he became a full-time artist, how he approached galleries with his work and how he ended up having a sellout um, print release on his first go. Um, we're going to be chatting about lots of different things and I've, as always I've created a little diagram for you that you can download at becominganartist.co.uk. So this is Becoming a Gallery Artist, which has got a little path as to how that you can get there and how you can follow in his footsteps. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you soon. So I'm here today with Lee, otherwise known as Elis, who started his career in the world of street art and then became a gallery artist selling prints, originals, and doing gallery shows. His styles developed and changed over the years, and his work is always in high demand with regular sellout print releases. But his biggest claim to fame is that he used to be my next door neighbor. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> biggest claim oh, yeah. to fame. Uh, yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing, Lee? You're good. Right. Good. Yeah, how are you? Good I'm... to see you. Good to see you. So the first time I saw your work was in that, um, do you remember that little gallery in Brighton? The inked one. Inked, and yeah. You've done, and you've done these amazing horror paper cuts. Yeah. Like the face. And I just thought, wow, I just thought they were incredible. And I was just like, I loved that you've done that kind of juxtaposition thing between kind of the delicate, delicate kind of paper cut and this kind of horror genre that you were kind of doing that with. And that was yeah. just, I just loved it. I was, and that, that was before I knew you were my next door neighbour. And Did when I really? found out, I was like, oh my God. No <laughs> yeah. way. That's so funny. I didn't know that. Ah. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. So you've done, because you've done lots of different things over the years, haven't you? You've done lots of, di- you've kind of experimented with lots of different styles and mediums and things yeah. like that. So now, now you're kind of painting these big canvases and stuff like that. But before you, you started off in the world of street art, but yeah. can I go right back to the beginning of your journey? Um, did you go to art school? Or did you, are you all kind of self-taught? What happened there? Yeah, I'm all, all self-taught. I mean, basically, like, art was definitely the way that I wanted to go. I mean, as far back as I can remember, like primary school, secondary school, it was, other than English, it was the only subject that I was good at. I kind of, yeah, everything else, math, science, I was just awful, um, really struggled um and so art was it just felt so natural which i guess it does to most people at a young age it's such a natural um form of expression that you know all children all children have don't they and then you kind of grow up and you get really self-conscious and then you stop doing it yeah that's it yeah Um, so but then in that in high school basically the careers advice i was given was that you wouldn't you know art was just you know, you've probably more chance of being an astronaut than an artist. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, it was like, well, you know, have it's you terrible heard... advice, isn't it? Like, because there's so many directions you can go in with it. And it's just, well, it yeah. was just so like, oh, you have a dream. Oh, we'll take that. 
No, 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 no. You won't, yeah. you won't, we'll take this. You won't be needing this. <laughs> I know. Um, and you kind of have to like break through that and kind of, kind of put it, to, ignore it, don't you? This advice that you're given and kind of keep going, which you obviously did. Well, it's hard at the time because you don't really ignore it, especially, you know, because you're just this innocent, completely clueless child and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so they're like, oh, have you heard of graphic design? <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. lucky, you know, you might get a job in a studio in your local town where you can design the menus for the pizza takeaway. <laughs> and maybe you can do business Dream. cards for the funeral parlour. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's my option. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. do that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then they kind of put you on this track, which is what happened. So I was on this like... Yeah road of graphic designs so then i did like degrees and and all that so um, your degree was in graphic design was it yes yeah yeah okay. so i yeah i did my degree in that and then i was really fortunate straight out of my degree i got a job in um a really good company in london and um, that kind of specialized yeah. in web design i basically just lied in my interview i'd never done any web design i just <laughs> blagged, blagged it, and, and then kind of all of a sudden got into this job that was all screen-based web design, online media, and I had right. no idea what I was doing. I, I just had to lie. Yeah, so what did you do in that situation? Did you kind of just, did you ask sorts of questions, or did you kind of like sneakily kind of befriend someone who helped you? Kind, well, yeah, kind of, yeah, <laughs> it was a bit like that, but I mean, luckily, I kind of, I ended up in the position where I was, doing all the front-end design, which would yeah. then be handed over to the builders and the coders and that kind of thing. Okay. But it took me quite a while then, kind of getting my head from, like, two-dimensional print-based design, which is pretty much like what my degree was in, really. Right. Because we did very little screen-based stuff. And then into, yeah. like, web design and game design and then trying to think in that, um, you know, how somebody will actually use a website and the functionality and designing things... You know, so obviously it's completely different to like a print design. Yeah. But I suppose there is some a bit of crossover, isn't there? Like Oh yeah, yeah. I mean basic, of... yeah, like kind of like just composition and, your and palette yeah. and you know, yeah. just you know, typography and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I had a foundation and all that. But so it was a steep learning curve. Um and then I had a, yeah, jobs in various companies. I mean, a lot of the work was quite cool in a way. It was you know doing a lot of, um, what do you call it, like game design. Okay, so lots what of kind like of game pixel, stuff was it? Pixel art and that kind of thing for, for like bigger okay. brands. And I did a lot of, you know, things that were tied into like PlayStation games, like certain graphics for that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it became apparent very quickly that I'd gone down this like years and years of, graphic design and then when I was there in the industry I was like shit I'm not enjoying this at all <laughs> how long did it take you before you kind of had that moment where you were like oh I've kind of gone a bit wrong here I reckon it was probably <laughs> about six months in okay six months to, and then did yeah. you stay longer after that oh yeah I was in yeah I was yeah. in that industry for for let me think at least, yeah, probably about like six or seven years. Okay. And it and I just so kind of like 
working in this like environment, like in an office for people, having yes. to work with other people as part of a team and, and just doing this thing that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, it became apparent very quickly that I wasn't cut out for that at all. Like I really struggled right. just <laughs> interacting Well, you just with struggled people. with, yeah, I was just going to say, was it the interaction with people that you were? Yeah, it was the whole thing. Clients? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I was. It's, it's it's a culture, isn't it? I think sometimes yes. it can be a bit kind of depressing and you're yeah, kind of absolutely. turning out work and yeah, sometimes it's yeah, it gets on top of you, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's <laughs> so, being that kind of it's just being like a cog in the in the big machine. Yeah. You know, you you're a link in a, in a long chain, and I yeah. just really yeah, I just I really struggled with that. Um, yeah, and, and now like, and it just. Yeah, I know, I know why like, my brain just doesn't work like that now. And I, like the yeah. kind of, I was creatively like, struggling. I wasn't very like fulfilled, and that's kind of what sent me down yeah. the street art route. I kind of that was like. Yeah. A, um, so how how did that kind of come about? Tell me, tell me what what the so you were working in this in these graphic this graphic design job, and what yeah. did you what you were in London where you at this time is that right? So the first job was in West London on Labrick Grove. Okay. Right. And so, like, we would very often, like, go and get lunch, like, around Portobello. And then right. you'd see, like, these Banksy pieces popping up around there. You know, the, the, like, the, um, trying to think which ones now. Um, yeah, all kinds of pieces. But, they, you know, it was like the, this really, uh, like, this, that whole scene was kind of starting, like, gaining momentum. Yeah. The press hadn't really dived in the back of Banksy at that point. He was still, you know, he was still, like, putting up his own shows in the Dragon Bar where you could buy paintings for, like, next to nothing. Do you know what I mean? This tiny little upstairs. Damn, and... wish you could I go know. back in time and grab some. Hindsight, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, um, so it was, like, super early. So, like, we would, you know, on my lunch breaks and then... And I lived east, so I'd get the train back east every day. Okay like around yeah. Hackney and Dalston, and then we would drink around Shoreditch. So then I would see more Banksy stuff there. Yeah. And then I would see work from, like, Mysterious Al and D-Face and Dave Chimp and PMH and all these guys, like, doing stencils and wheat pastes and stickers and throw-ups and yeah. all this, you know, and it, like coming from the north, there were, like there wasn't any street art, really, or graffiti up there. So it was just felt really exciting. Yeah, um, I bet. And so I was like a big fan, right? For like to start with Freddy, so I was like buying all the books on stencil art, and I'd go around at the weekends with my camera and like document the scene and just wander around. So you were kind of doing a, doing a research kind of. Phase well, it wasn't even that like, to start. It was just it was just being really into it. I was just documenting yeah. the scene. I was just you know yeah. go around and see what new pieces I could see. Just take hundreds of photographs over a weekend. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, really. And then it yeah. got to the point where I was like, well, I can do this you know i was seeing a lot of work that i knew i could probably improve on yeah yeah and because I had, <laughs> I had this like hole you know that needed fulfilled like this hole that needed yeah. filling creatively so i just started to teach myself to cut and paint stencils um what, what was your first one do you remember do you remember where it was and what the it was very very first stencil i made was of a, just like a very simple woman's face um, I think it was from like a, like an old, like 1950s, 1960s magazine that I had. It's very kind of pin-up style. Okay. Just right, like yeah. two, yeah. two colours. I remember trying to get yeah. my head around like, 
the registration and the two colours and just like it really struggling in those early days to like it's kind of like screen printing you know how to kind of like lay the colors on top of each other to get the final and you've got to reverse your your brain a bit with the stencil well that's why i trouble with it and that's really difficult (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and then like when you're cutting like the negative shapes have to be bridged off so you can't you know all this kind of stuff so i started it's quite technical really isn't it yeah it is yeah yeah um and then i started like doing little just taking things out of my sketchbooks at the time little kind of weird characters and then i was living in homerton and i would like paint them all around homerton and and then we'd go out like around hackney and dalston and then again in shoreditch painting little pieces so you had a group of you at that point well it was just no it was just me um but i kind of rope in friends every now and again to come and like (laughs) give me a hand look out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then we'd go out like putting like wheat, wheat, wheat pastes up and then, you know, have a few beers on the way and, you know, oh, like nice. going from pub to pub with like a little bucket of like wallpaper paste. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, weird. Yeah, totally. Um, like nothing to see here, just a man with a bucket <laughs> of wallpaper paste on the pine. <laughs> Um, so, and were you ever scared at that for, and at the beginning of being caught or anything like that? Because that's one of the things that kind of put puts me off kind of doing painting on outside yeah I wasn't no not not really because I think all the work I was doing was pretty it was like really small so like you were in and out right really quickly I did try to do like bigger pieces at the time like at night and I was just so bad like I I was just so like I I got fairly anxious then like trying to do this like big pieces with registration and stuff and it was just taking me so long and I was panicking so much that they, they never worked out very well so I kind Why of was that then? More. Just because you needed more practice, or probably more practice, just... more confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But um, I just ended up rushing a lot through fear of getting caught. Like I was never that yeah. good, really. So all my all my work was fairly small. Um, but then at the time, happened? so like I, I knew like this like pictures on walls. Who were the company who would like produce these screen prints for? artist at the time that Banksy um was was a part of like he kind of like co-owned the company okay right and I found out where where their offices were and so then I started like strategically kind of painting stencils like (laughs) around I love that that's such a cool idea just like this kind of like it was like guerrilla marketing for myself just having that yeah, having that like thought to do that, like oh, you did your research and you kind of yeah made them well, see just, what you were doing. Yeah, well, it was just it was kind of desperation because I I went pictures on walls used to do this thing every year like a Christmas show called Santa's Ghetto, right? And you'd have like well, the very first one that I went to, I'm pretty sure it was on Carnaby Street. I can't remember. I mean, this must have been two thousand. I mean, the early two thousands. Yeah, and without wanting to kind of like over dramatize it, I I went in there with my friend, and saw like for the first time like these framed like I'd never seen a screen print before, and there was these yeah. like screen printed limited editions by Jamie Hewlett and Mode Two and Banksy, Pete Fowler maybe a few others, and it was it just blew my mind completely. I was like, fucking hell, so limited editions, right? So the signed and numbered and it's a screen print. Right, what is that? Like, I need to know what that is. And <laughs> yeah, and I literally, like, I walked out of the Santa's ghetto and I was like, that is what I want to do. Like, it changed yeah. 
everything and it gave me this goal to head towards. Yeah. And that's when I started, right, okay, who did that? Pictures on walls, where are they? Right, they're over here. Right, let's, you know, how can I get involved with these people? Right. And painting the stencils around and then I emailed them and said, oh, I've got this image, which was of this a young girl, you know, like the Star Wars attack things. Yeah. I've seen I've seen that one of yours. Taking one of those for a walk. So I was painting that around. Yeah. It started off as just like a t-shirt idea. I used to have a stall in Camden where I would oh, sell like paintings. Yeah, I'd sell like my own paintings and like my own t-shirts and stuff. And it started life as a Fantastic. t-shirt design. <laughs> and I started painting it. Um and then it was Ein who then sent me the email back and he was like, Yeah, we've seen this piece around and like me and Banksy really like it, come in and chat to us. So Banksy personally liked that. He said, that's amazing, isn't that's it? What that's what I was cool. told. Yeah, you yeah. Must, you must have been, like, just pissing your pants at that point. Yeah, I was. It's like, no way. Like, I wish I'd printed the email. Like, I even got an email from Banksy once, like, back in those days. And you know oh what? I, I printed it. And it's like, <laughs> I think I put it inside a book to keep it safe. And I've literally, like, if you can, I'm surrounded by thousands of books and I can't yeah. find it anywhere. Okay. I don't know where it is. That's, that's going to be a, a, a whole day of a, an activity for you one day when you kind of I mean, need to find it. <laughs> oh my God, you know what? I probably, like, because the amount of books that I get rid of as well, like, they all go down to, like, oh, the no. char- mine site. So, someone's gone and bought a book from Mine's charity shop. And, and just, with like, an email in it. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I put it in the bin. It's gone. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were really happy about getting that email then. So was, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that, so is, went, that is amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah, I was, yeah. And I was like, right, okay, this, I'm, I kind of felt like I was almost kind of coming getting in somewhere. like the back door, really, because I, you know, I didn't go to art school at all. Yeah. I'd only like just started to teach myself how to, paint stencils and then now yeah. I had pictures on walls asking me to do like a print edition so then I had to learn how to create artwork for a print edition so then another steep right. learning curve and so then we did that and we released the print edition of Shatat which was the girl walking the Atta and we did like so how did you go about making the artwork did you was that all in kind of Photoshop and things like that, that you had to do it all. Started the, yeah, so, I mean, I was really fluent in Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop anyway, just because of the graphic design background. Exactly, yeah. So I knew what I was doing with all that side of stuff, like, super easy. So, but then I had to chat with, like, the screen printers and learn about, like, the layering process and the registration and colour separations and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that, but I guess that probably wasn't too difficult if you if you had that that kind of image layer. No, it wasn't. No, because it was very it. similar to stenciling. Yeah, like the, exactly, the, like the two yeah. mediums are very similar, which and I, yeah. you know, which I quite like. Um, and I was getting lots of advice from the printers and working with them as closely as possible, just to kind of like get yeah. as much knowledge out of them. And then the first edition, it was so easy. It was just a two color screen print. Yeah. So, so we did. I think we've released five editions, like in different colours. I think we did okay. two hundred. Each colour was a limited edition of two hundred. Yeah. And then they all sold out, like really quickly. Right. Like, it, and is, was that unusual, or was that kind of? 
well i think I, yeah i think pictures on walls were surprised unusual for you well doing it. the first one yeah i suppose it's yeah, your well, first I no one. Idea. I mean, I, yeah i was really shocked i was like right okay um That's and at the time though, isn't it? yeah and at the time i can remember going into pictures on walls one day and apparently i don't remember which colorway it was now this of the edition but one of them whatever the record that Banksy had set for like the fastest selling print edition. Yeah. I'd just, I'd just broken it. Right. Oh my God. So that's I was just so like, cool. fucking hell. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's when I got the email. I got, and that's we like sent Banksy the email about that. And we kind of had a very quick, like little bit of banter about that. that I'd broken his record. And then of course, like he released, <laughs> he released the print, like whatever, like two weeks later, he just like smashed me out of the park again. But, but that, <laughs> little moment in time I was you know um yeah did you ever meet him do you ever meet him no 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 no. just a behind the scenes yeah totally yeah yeah okay cool um so then that was yeah that's amazing that was yeah that was the start of it and because the prints did so well it was like my first print edition I'd never done one before and it did because it sold so well I think everybody the people buying the prints at the time they just automatically assumed that I had a background that I knew what I was doing and you know in fact I was I couldn't have been more clueless well maybe you felt like that but you you had got you had done lots of stuff and you had pushed yourself at each point hadn't you so you'd you'd kind of push yourself to do that stencil around the area and you'd kind of and you you push yourself to learn how to do stenciling and you push yourself how to and how to do learn how to do that and it's just I mean, even if you feel like you haven't got loads of experience in it, it's just having that that kind of pu- like keeping pushing yourself to do these things. Yeah. Um, and you did that, and that so that's that's a really cool thing that you did. And it doesn't matter if you've done it a hundred times or one time. You know, yeah. they could see something in in you, and it and it sold, and you create something that people wanted, which is also yeah uh, sometimes a really difficult thing to do. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think it was a mixture, like a. 50% definitely working hard and desperately trying to get out of this industry, this hole that I'd find myself in. Yeah. So I had a real drive yeah. of like, well, I think I can do this and this is much more suited to me. So I'm going to put yeah. everything I've got into this. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but then also it was the right place at the right time. You know, like I said, like That's the street, it, yeah. street art thing was, it was really gaining momentum, but it was early days. You know, there was a little street art gallery starting to pop up. So it was, you know, then getting in with pictures on walls and it it was like a snowball effect and just getting in the door at this such a crucial time that I think really, really helped. I think, you know, God, I can't, I can't imagine how hard it must be. Like if I'd have just started, like say last year or two years ago, I just don't think it would have happened. You know what I mean? I thought it would have been much, much harder or a much more drawn out like longer Maybe. journey you know but I wonder because you did certain things like you 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 did your research and you you found out where their offices were and things like that I don't I think that's that's the key and I think if people still did that now mm. I think that would make a difference so just just sort of thinking a bit differently and maybe doing doing a bit more research and and that's what you did in that situation I think so if someone wanted to do kind of follow your path maybe that's kind of what they they would yeah. need to do as well is kind of yeah properly do your research figure out what what these what kind of things these 
these galleries are are selling and then kind of maybe try and align your styles then if it's not already yeah or whatever it is and then kind of yeah paint in that area or whatever or far or go you know you can you could find out where they hang out or something like that and things like well, that not in a stalkery way what are they doing in there yeah don't be well, too this... intense don't be that person who's like hanging out in the bar <laughs> in the corner. oh man those people are out there i've met loads of them yeah 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 <laughs> They exist. Oh they are absolutely <laughs> real. Don't be one of those. Don't be one of no, those. No, don't do that. No. <laughs> respect people's boundaries. That's it. Know. Respect the boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, if you want to, yeah. yeah, you're trying to get in, like, you know, be helpful. Like, what can you do to help the, the people that you're trying to get close to? Like, don't yeah, piss them totally. off. Don't, you know, respect their space and what they're trying to do. But, like, can you help totally. them? Can you help them for free? Can you assist them yeah. in some way? Can you have, like, yeah, that's a good one point, afternoon yeah. in their... What can you... You know, you, all you've got to offer, I'm guessing, is is your time. You know, and, yeah. and how how can you just give them an afternoon or a day of your time to help them with whatever they need help with? If it's like a yeah. an artist studio or whatever, you know. I think it's kind of having that. I think I've always had like a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset like even yeah you know like the the story that's on my bio on my website like I started off selling hand-drawn posters of the teenage turtles in the playground that's a true story do you know what I mean so like how can I make some money I'm going to draw these posters (laughs) and then I can go and buy a Snickers on the way home yeah so it's basically what you're doing what you what you ended up doing with your life totally I'm still going out and spending my money on Snickers I'm just buying more (laughs) Snickers (laughs) Yeah. yeah That, yeah. your, your house is filled with Snickers now. Well, so, I can afford yeah. Lindor, so that's the thing now. So I'm, right, great. Um, filled with rabbits. Oh, just everything, yeah. Got, yeah, exactly. But yeah, how can you, um, I mean, it's, it, I mean there's a, you know, if, like, if you want to just be a hobbyist, that's fine. Like, be a hobbyist. Yeah. You don't have to show people your work. You know, you don't have to take it too seriously. And there's actually there's a beauty in that because there's no pressure and you can just do whatever you want to do. But if you're wanting to get into this thing where it's, well, actually, I, I want to be a professional. If professionalism and mastery is the end goal, yeah, then you have to take it so fucking seriously because it's so hard. And you have to be living and breathing and eating everything in that world all the time as much as possible. Yeah. Not in like a toxic way. I'm not this like toxic productivity kind of like you have to be doing it all the time, but you have you know, you have to be living it and be passionate about it and reading yeah. about it and knowing who the people are that you need to be speaking to yeah. and working on your style, developing all the time. Yeah. You know, it's something that you because it, it oh my god, it's it is so hard. Just the day to day and like making it a success. Like it's yeah. not, it's not for the faint-hearted, you know what I mean. And yeah. That's what like the hobbyist, you know. There's such a beauty in that because you get so, there's so much freedom when there's no financial yeah. shackles to be you know tied to. But for the one percent of people who are like, who have got it in them just to kind of really drive through and make it something really special. Yeah. You know, I guess it because we're all you know. 
we are consumers of culture, like, the, like you, me, like all the people who actually get into this, it was illustration or design or art or video, photography, film, whatever it is you're doing. Like generally, like we all have really good taste and yeah. we are consumers of culture, <laughs> you know, in, in all of its amazing forms. Like, we, you know, yeah. we love movies, like we love comics and graphic novels and literature and music and theatre, whatever it is. And then that kind of drive to go, well, I, I want to create my own culture. Like, how can I, what can I produce yeah. that becomes part of this beautiful world yeah. of creativity and culture that's going to make a difference and inspire other people? You know what I mean? It's yeah. becoming a part of that your, world. Express your inner, you know, whatever you want to express it from your internal world, I suppose, exactly. as well. Yeah, it's um, creating yeah your own part of it, isn't it? Yeah, the, the the development of your own visual language that then will hopefully, yeah. you know, it's your own, you know, planting your own flag in, in in the world of culture. Like I've been here, like I'm, you know, you're claiming your stake. You're not just an observer anymore, just consuming on the outside. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you've kind of you've stepped through this mirror into like the wonderland, and you're like. <laughs> I can hell I'm in you know what I mean I, now what I've got to you know create something that yeah. other people will then be consuming and it's a beautiful yeah. thing you know because there are people out there who who love consuming but for whatever reason maybe they're too scared they have anxieties and they want hang-ups and they're just you know or, or they can't for whatever reason they they're happy just consuming yeah which is beautiful but then you know it's creating for them you know what I mean it's like making work for them like giving them a voice and helping them realize their own identity through you know like when you hear like when you see movies and songs and albums that like really hit you and resonate with you you know like yeah. imagine creating that album you know what I mean like what music yeah, were you listening to like when yeah. you were growing up that now that you, yeah. you hear or like what art do you see that really twangs a chord in you and it always will that yeah. chord will resonate in you and vibrate forever that one painting yeah. you know to be able to do yeah. that for somebody else is just it's magic I mean it's as close yeah, as you can get it's amazing absolutely it's such a cool connection with you and mm. this, this audience well, that's, yeah connections are great yeah do you get like um the same people often buying your pieces or are you constantly are there are you constantly finding a new audience? Is it is it kind of or is it a mix? It's, I think it's a mix. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a mix. I think I'm really lucky in that I do. I think a large percentage of my buyers are repeat buyers, okay. um, and I do as much as I can to try and nurture connections and relationships. Yeah, with all those people because they're, yeah. you know, they are the reason that I could, I'm allowed to keep doing this as a full-time job, you know what I mean? Yeah, It's like they're, yeah. they're patrons, you know what I mean? They're patrons, yeah, of, patrons the of the arts, arts. as a whole. <laughs> but of me, you know what I mean? And yeah. because of these people who are so fucking, you know, generous to actually choose to give yeah. me some of their hard-earned money so that I can give them something that I've created yeah. is so humbling and something that I still struggle to kind of accept. Um, so it's really important to me that, like, I guess I must be doing something right at this point. Like, I've been full time for, 
I got, I don't know, 13 years at least. And a lot of the yeah, customers, you know, I've got so, so many customers who, who buy, you know, they have like seven, eight, nine screen prints yeah. from me. And then, and then they'll start to kind of upgrade and then like start bringing like a, a painting into their collection, you know, yeah. it's, you know, and knowing these people on first name terms and I, and recognizing a lot of them when I'm out at various shows and then chatting to them. And it's, you know, yeah, the connections are really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've, I kind of wanted to talk to you because you've, you've done lots of different kind of styles of work over the years. I've, I've seen you do lots of different things. So you've done, you've kind of done some 3d sculptures, you've done some paper cuts that I've mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now you kind of paint these, these beautiful paintings. Um, how did you find that transition period between doing all those things? Because I think that's, that's often for me when I've, when I've done that quite scary to be like, Oh, I'm going to yeah. try this and show people this stuff. Um, was that really difficult in terms of, I suppose, um, kind of the fear that you have and all that kind of stuff? Would you be able to talk a bit about that? I've never really had a fear in okay. switching direction. And now right. that I know that I'm ADHD, like it's so, <laughs> like looking back, like it's, it's so obvious. Apparent. <laughs> Yeah, it's You're just like, like oh, right, okay. Yeah, so, so I really yeah. struggle with sticking to one thing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a tough one. And I don't really know how to advise people on this because of the advice that I've been given. Like there are galleries that I've worked with in the past. I remember one particular gallery, gallery said to me, well, you know, there's, there's a reason why every Metallica album sounds like a Metallica album. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They don't, they don't, veer off what what they're known for they are a brand and yeah. they create the brand yeah, sound absolutely. and the people who fucking love metallica like they just want metallica from one album to the next That's do you know it, what i mean yeah. Yeah. and i really and I, I i'm not i'm not that kind of artist like i really struggle with that like i'm more of a yeah. you know if you want to keep in the music it's like radiohead say the development there, like each one of their albums is so different to the album before it. And they really push the boundaries and they try new sounds and, yeah. you know, like going from, you know, okay, computer to kid a, you know, it's such a huge step. Oh, well, let's just not use any guitars. <laughs> Everything's yeah, going to be exactly, electric. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like the backlash yeah. they had, you know, it's like Dylan <laughs> putting down the acoustic and picking up the electric. Yeah. Some artists are just drawn to that thing. And I'm definitely, one of those artists and I see other artists who are, you know, they, they're really, really successful because I don't know, they've painted the same thing yeah. <laughs> for the last 20 years. And that would just drive me insane. Yeah. Like I just, it would just suck <laughs> the life out of everything that I do. So I do like to, yeah. I mean, it's always trying to keep, there's got to be like a golden thread that runs through everything. Yeah. And I think if you bundled yeah. everything that I have done together, I think, there's a coherence and, you know, it does look like a, you can, I'd hope you could see it from the same person. Yeah. You know, like even like the 3D, the 3D paper cuts, like they, they have all this texture of the spray paint that I use on my stencils yeah. and my paintings and the color palette is the same. Yeah. And they're all a bit strange or the worldly dreamlike <laughs> or whimsical. Yeah. And I oh, think you know, yeah, it's like, if you're, you know, I think knowing what your brand is and doing like a I fucking hate the term deep dive, but if you, you know, research <laughs> and you have like a full understanding of who you are and what your personal 
brand is, even if you're an artist or an illustrator, obviously like having that um, knowledge of your brand. Yeah. What your values, I suppose, what you, what you yeah. stand for and what you kind of, exactly. yeah, what you, yeah, yeah. And you can, I think then you can carry that you. through. Yeah. Any medium, whether, you know, all of a sudden you want to dive into like making videos or whatever. Yeah. It'll still, it'll still be recognized as your output and it'll still be within the world of like Elis or Lucy Irving or like you're, you know, you're the same, like everything, like yeah. you've done motion graphics and, video and your like your 2d illustration it's all within yeah. this lovely world of lucy that you can instantly recognize because it's got your humor <laughs> and your colors yeah. and, and everything and yeah, i think that's definitely. you know that's kind of like i couldn't do the same thing all the time and I'm i don't definitely yeah. in your camp i'm definitely yeah <laughs> i'm definitely uh, oh do this now do this do this yeah i yeah, would yeah. really struggle doing the same thing do you do you speak to people other artists who see what you're doing and are kind of a bit jealous ever that you can you can switch between that are they that they kind of maybe struggle a bit with how they they are kind of having to do maybe they feel like they have to do the same uh, thing to like yeah. make a living i don't know i mean i can't mention names but I, i've heard stories <laughs> like there are big artists that i know who have painted the same thing for a long long time or the same style yeah and that style just does so well for them, yeah. like financially, that they can't really veer away from it. Like they're kind of, they're just backed into a corner. And yeah, you hear yeah. these stories of like, oh, I spoke to blah, blah. How are they doing? Yeah, they're not doing great because they're just, they're just so fucking bored of what they're painting all the time. <sighs> yeah. And it's and difficult. Trap, isn't it? It's so difficult. But yeah. it's, this is where the grey, there's a there's this weird grey area where, it's like finding that balance of producing work that's for you and that you're getting your, your own creative satisfaction. But actually also, you're still producing... At the end of the day, it's, it is, if you wanted to be successful commercially, yeah, you know, the end goal is to sell the bloody thing. So it has to appeal to somebody. Yeah. You know, so you, you can't... You've got, you yeah, a, you've got to consider the audience, haven't you? You've got to kind yeah. of... They are part of your work as well, but I mean, I yeah. think that's with any with any artwork, the audience are part of it, aren't they? They're kind of, um, it it kind of makes a different thing with someone looking at looking at something or observing something. That's that's where the work exists in that point between the 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 piece and the and the observer. It exists here. Absolutely. So it's all a dialogue. Um, yeah. Exactly, it's a dialogue. So, yeah. um making making money from from that and people wanting to buy your work mm. um that's a great thing because it means that they are connecting with it and so the more money you make the more people are kind of connecting with your work in a sense really yeah um but but i think i mean it sounds to me like if someone feels trapped like the people that you aren't mention mentioning names of that um potentially that it's it's their own trap that they're making for themselves and actually if they did try a different route or style it probably would still be okay yeah oh yeah it's hard yeah i mean you kind of build these, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the gilded cage syndrome isn't it yeah. you know um but which, again which really doesn't to... exist i think and you could you could probably yeah. break out of it well i mean so it's take me for example so i've you know i've got this like my stencil style that i've developed since like 2003, say, um, 
a lot of my collectors that that is all they want you know what i mean and there were yeah. key pieces in my collection like you know like so you've got this you've got these black and white kind of slightly like textured grainy characters interacting yeah. with very like um uplifting vibrant colors that are painted in a in a less textured way very flat and graphic and hard-edged yeah so you've got this contrast between the two and thematically they're generally you know quite uplifting positive they have like yeah. messages of mental health for me in there and all this kind of stuff and they're they're all in on that you know yeah and i've been painting that for so long that it's it, it had to get to that point it's like I, I, oh, I can't I just need <laughs> to do, do something, something else. else like i've got all these ideas yeah. but they don't they don't they're not on this album they don't work with this band yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. i kind of yeah absolutely, absolutely i just need to go over here and like do the weird <laughs> yeah. solo album or just work with the other band for a bit do you know what i mean exactly yeah for, for so i love long, this music uh yeah connection it's well it's so true. interchangeable isn't it like it really is like yeah, absolutely. And so yeah it's taken me like because for ages i was like right now nah, fuck it that's it like like I'm leaving this band. This band is dead. You know, <laughs> fucking, yeah. you know, Viva La Revolution. I'm going to go over here and do all this other stuff. <laughs> Burn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then there are still those people who are like, I'll oh, just shut up and play the hits. Like, we don't want the fucking new experimental stuff. Like, we want, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. We, we, just, yeah, yeah. we just want the old stuff. Um, and you're just like, I'm bored of playing the old stuff. Shut up. But you know what? That's, yeah, it's weird. Cause I was like that for ages. And, that, and now, like, like the because it is a business model. And, and, I, and I do want to produce things that my collectors that I've brought with me on this journey over such a long period yeah. of time, I do still want to be producing work. Like, if there's a market yeah, there and if they you. want that, yeah. But now that I've developed... I have this other band that I'm also playing with and that yeah. like making the two now kind of coexist, which is like, is working yeah. really well. Like I'm actually, well, if I have an idea that's in the old style, I can do that. If I yeah. have an idea, which is actually, well, no, this works more in my acrylics and brushes and oils or whatever, yeah. then I can do that. And I've, yeah. And that was such a hang up for me for so long. Yeah. Because I was so hung up on like the thing of like, it's confusing the brand. You're just gonna fucking confuse me. Like, <laughs> now I'm just like, you know yeah. what? Like, just, just make what you want to make on any given day. Yeah. Just come in and like, yeah. you know, sometimes I want to do this, and other times I want to do this. It's like you come in, you pick up the guitar, and you play whatever is in you on that day. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. try my best totally. not to kind of like overthink things yeah and that kind of leads us quite well into into i guess how yeah maybe if you do kind of overthink things or or maybe you well you've you've just said you kind of got fed up with your work or maybe if you feel like you're in a bit of a rut what what are some things that have helped you and how often does that happen and things like that do you do you have some advice for people or some in terms of like things like that what like a creative block kind of sense or just yeah like, like a block or just feeling yeah. a bit shit about yourself um i think we all it doesn't matter how much you've sold and how good yeah. people think you are i think you still 
as an artist have those days where you're like, I'm just a piece of shit and I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you do it all. Yeah. I mean, literally like that for me, like that in a dialogue is, I'm not kidding you. It is every day. It's every day. Yeah. And it's like just such a high level of like imposter syndrome and yeah, and it's like, oh god, you're you're such a useless piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> like it's just like what, like you know, who do you think you are to like even think oh, that me. anyone will know? You know? But <laughs> it, this, so sad. but this is you know, and it's like it's you know, I'm not like sitting in the corner crying. It's just like you, you've got to. Yeah. It's like building this resilience of just like, well, actually, no, you know, like you know, I've had therapy and that's really helped. Yeah, and it's so I think in terms of getting out of a rut. I think it's accepting yeah. the fact, I mean, if you are the kind of person who is going to think that, yeah, it's learning to <laughs> develop ways that you're going to quiet that side of your brain down yeah. because it's probably never going to go away because unfortunately, yeah. if you experience that, that is how your brain is hardwired yeah. because of whatever you've experienced in your past, which has kind of molded the person that you are today. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, like things like meditation, spending time yeah. outdoors, exercise, which I'm trying to do more of, but just yeah. you know, you develop these little things which turn the volume down on that shitty side of your brain enough mm. to help you get through the day. Another time getting enough sleep is one of them. Like if you're tired, yes, me, that's a massive definitely. Thing, it? It's like, oh my, like it's the foundation for everything. So if I'm really tired, then that volume on the shitty inner voice it's like, oh, I just turned that up a little bit yeah. for you today. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's that fucking yeah. guy again. Like, um, Definitely. I mean, coming back to the present moment for me is is really something that I, if I start getting into that, those, I'm like, you're here. You're doing this stuff. You're like, look at the stuff around you right now. What are you, what are you doing right now? You know, kind of reminding yeah. myself that I'm here. I'm not in here. And, yeah. and it, it, it kind of feels like, I don't know if it feels like you, but like, if if I let if I catch it just before that point, before it gets momentum, like a mm. you know pack of running horses or something, mm. if I can catch it just before then, and it's for me, it's kind of learning when that's when that starts happening and catching it just before. Exactly it. Yeah. If yeah. I let it go, yeah, then it's it's too much and uh, you yeah, know, it's gone yeah. too far. It's just yeah. too, and and yeah. and that's from experience, isn't it? You're like, oh god, I'm going into it again. Right, oh, come back here. Absolutely, just yeah, keep, yeah. Keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. So and for me, like it develops. Yeah. yeah, I can feel like it develops over like a. It's not like just. I mean, sometimes you wake up one day and it's just there, but you can kind of feel it creeping in and yeah. getting louder as yeah. the days go by. And if yeah. you're mindful enough, you can you, you you can pick up on that and go right. What am I getting enough sleep? Am I exercising? Yeah. Am I eating well? That's am I it, eating yeah. too much sugar? You know what I mean? It's all this stuff that's like. Yeah you know, trying to nip it in the bud. Yeah. But going back to like the the rut thing, I guess, I don't know, I mean, consume, like take some time out and, and, and consume things that make you happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's so easy to kind of like, if, if you're doing this full time to get into this rut of just like, oh, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have the time to like look after myself. Like this is like self care and creative self-care it's like you're not gonna you you won't your your output will be shit if your input is shit do you know what i mean okay yeah it's like if you're spending all your days 
eating fucking McDonald's. Yeah. And drinking beer. You're going to have bad poos. You could, your poos are going to be <laughs> like the worst poos. It's like, you know what I mean? Like the people that you And you live want them with. to be this beautiful banana kind of consistency. Um, a nice um, colour. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not testing it. I will just do the eye test. I'll have a look. I'm picking up enough of my own dog's poos. Like, I'm not touching my own. Yeah, I do the same. So, like, you know, if you're, if you're getting into a rut, just, yeah, like, you need to, like, self-care. Like, take some time out. Just go, no, I'm going to make some time for myself today. I'm going to go to an yeah. exhibition. I'm going to go and see a yeah. movie. Yeah. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. I'm going to go and see some friends. I'm going to go and spend time with people. I'm going to, whatever, whatever it is. Because yeah. you, you know, you know what? fills you up creatively and that like you know when you get that sense of when you when you hear a good album or you see a good movie and you just feel like like you've eaten a, a really healthy Excited. meal Excited, yeah yeah you, you just kind of yeah. feel this level of it's like oh man that like i felt that that's fucking like a walk in the woods on a nice Touch, day it kind of, yeah touched you yeah it's like yeah a nice, yeah like when you spend exactly. time with a good friend that energizes yeah. you you know what i mean it's like yeah. Absolutely, that kind yeah. of feeling it's like you like because it's so easy to just get so caught up in the frantic i need to make i need to make what am i making today yeah. you forget to fill the who was it is it somebody like filling the well i can't remember now who who okay, coined that so term but like the creative well you're constantly dipping in and you're taking from the well on a daily basis and if yeah. you're not filling the well you get to a point where yeah. the bucket is just going to hit dry earth at the bottom and it's like that's when you run out of steam and you're like oh fuck now what yeah because you've got, yeah, you've, you've got yeah you're scraping around trying to <laughs> yeah, yeah you've got you've nothing, got nothing. Yeah. the well's empty yeah. you've got nothing you're tired you're creatively burnt out and you've not been looking after yourself yeah you know so i guess it's keep yeah. the well filled up and you know keep try new things filled. yeah buy it yeah. i don't know like what haven't you used like experiment like, yeah buy yourself some oil pastels and some different paper yeah. just go and just yeah. say like i'm gonna go and spend an hour i'm just gonna go and fucking sit in the park and draw a tree with yeah. god like yeah, speak to someone else. I saw this woman I mean? in the park the other day, just sat there like drawing, and I was like, I need to do that. I need to get out and do that. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, look at that! <laughs> Fuck her over there, giving herself time. She's obviously not want to go to. Oh my god, you just get really big. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could sit and draw a fucking tree. But no, I'm going to go to work and earn some fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, fill the well. Draw some trees. Good. We should, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, my studio is just like opposite a graveyard, and like I haven't done it like this year again. I haven't done it, but last year went in the summer. I'd never yeah. found it before, and I, I started going in there, and just taking a sketchbook and like different ink pens, and I would just draw a tree like every lunchtime. Oh, lovely! And that sounds great. Chits, do you know what I mean? They're not great, but like. You know, I'm not. They're not for anybody else. They're, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that I'm going to sit and I'm just going to look at this tree in a way that I haven't looked at it before and just see if I can draw okay. it. And then I'm going to eat my sandwich and then go back to work and just. That sounds. Do you know what I mean? It <laughs> um, sounds like yeah. I mean, that sounds like the perfect lunch break, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Going outside. For me, it is. Yes, yeah, sitting in a sitting in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, they can be quite nice places, though. You can find some cool stuff in graveyards. Oh, my you? God. This one. Have you been yeah. to this one? Do you know the one that I mean? Just Do you kind mean of behind, where... the, behind Lewis Road. It's like a big one. I forget yeah. the name of it now. It's, it's absolutely. Uh, I know which one you mean. It's massive. It is yeah, massive. And there's like an old part and a newer part. And when you go into the old yeah. part, it's like all the gravestones are like, it's like real Tim Burton. There's like yeah. ivy everywhere. And there's like the, yeah. you know, all these like angels. Old, like angled. angels. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. And they've all got the ivy <laughs> I around I did that. Them. So cool. Yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah, yeah so peaceful. Cool. I keep trying to like Pearl, you know, my daughter, she's six and I keep trying to get her to go in there, but she's not. She's kind of freaked out by the gravestone vibe, like she was. Oh, bless her. Trying to teach yes. her, like, well, it's really peaceful. And she's like, it's too freaky. <laughs> Fair enough. She's going it's... through the fighting stage. Just needs a couple more years and she'll be fine. She'll be like, yeah, yeah let's I just do need it. to get. Yeah, I want some I ghosts. Get... Yeah. As soon as I get into some more Tim Burton and George Romero films, That's she'll be. It, yeah. She'll be all over. <laughs> she'll be fine. That's... Turn this frozen oh. shit off. Here's Dawn. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lee. That's been a brilliant chat. Oh, and no really, worries, really Lucy. valuable, really helpful. No, that was loads of fun. And um, take care, and I will see you soon. You will see time. me soon. <laughs> You'll see me tomorrow for a drink. Yes. Yeah. See you tomorrow yeah. for a drink. Good to chat. Yeah. Right, see you later. Take care. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of me chatting to Elis about his creative journey. And don't forget to go to becominganartist.co.uk to download all of the resources from this episode and from all the other episodes. And also don't forget to subscribe on whatever you're on, if you're on YouTube or any of the podcast channels. Remember to give us a, a subscribe for so that you know when, when all the new episodes are coming out. So I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.